Hello, Internet. My name's Jonathan Cook. And I'm Matt Noble. And a Merry Christmas to everyone. Indeed. It's a Merry Christmas. Holiday. Whatever yeah. you celebrate, not just Christmas, we're a culturally diverse podcast. Yeah. I celebrate Christmas, though. <laughs> just impose your beliefs <laughs> on the. Uh, I, on the I don't impose, I'm not imposing them, I'm just saying what they are. Okay. I think that's okay. <laughs> You're fine to write in with what you celebrate this year. Merry Festivus mm. to everyone. Yeah, very exciting. Good time of year. And what we're going to be doing, talking about this week, is the TV show Dexter. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, not actually the theme from Dexter, no. but uh, <laughs> dramatic music nonetheless. It's a dramatic series. <laughs> so what we're going to do is split the podcast into two parts. Yes. Like, fir- like we do with Game of Thrones. Indeed. The first half will be spoiler-free. So if you haven't watched this show much before, you can listen to the podcast without having anything spoiled for you. Mm -hmm. And then the second half, we're going to go into some more details about the uh, developments of the season. And we'll give quite a clear warning in the podcast when we go into that spoiler section. And in the description uh, for this podcast, we'll also have the times on that. Just to make it very clear when the spoiling time starts. Yeah. Uh, What is Dexter? Well, it's a show about uh, a guy, Michael C. Hall. Uh, who plays Dexter, and he works... He's a crime scene investigator. Uh, There's plenty of shows with crime scene investigators on TV. Some even called crime scene (laughs) investigation. (laughs) About three of them are called that. (laughs) So uh, so this is a a show uh, about a crime crime scene investigator. He, He works... He's a blood expert, and he works on blood things. Now, here's the real twist. Here's where it gets interesting. By day, he solves murders and things at night he commits them he he is a serial killer himself uh sort of i guess in some ways turns the genre on its head um a little uh so you've got this exciting stuff in the show of like him and the police trying to solve murders but then also him trying to get away with murders too so yeah this is a little controversial when it came out people Mm, wanted to have the show banned and they're saying we don't want people to be identifying with a serial killer, justifying yeah. serial killings. How did you feel about that? Um, well, it, it's an interesting moral question, the show, isn't it, that it poses. Because Dexter, uh, his dad knew he was a serial killer and helped. Because sort of like a, an addiction Dexter has to killing people. He's got this desire to kill people. His dad identified this. And rather than panicking, which I think most dads would do... <laughs> Um, he decided, okay, let's come with some rules for Dexter, a, a moral framework in which he he can still kill people, but it can be justified. And that framework is he only kills murderers, rapists, other serial killers. I personally think it's a very interesting moral question to be throwing on TV and, and actually enjoy thinking it through. I morally disagree with what Dexter does, but... Don't have a problem with that being shown on TV. And I think the show shows both, like, sort of maybe gives some arguments why what Dexter does is a good thing, but also some arguments about why what Dexter does is a bad thing. I don't think it's giving you a... And it's forcing you to approve or disapprove of what Dexter does. I think the show, as much as it is about the action, it's about the character of Dexter and sort of the moral quandaries he faces. It doesn't just pose a one-sided story of these uh, vigilante killings. Yes, for me, this is a TV show, and yeah. while watching a TV show, yeah. I think, go the vigilante, I want to see these bad guys, oh, yeah, yeah, hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. like as well, the superheroes, yeah. I want them out, killing, blowing stuff up, stabbing whoever, yeah. in the name of justice, yes. that's what I want in my yeah. TV show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is real life, I'd be like, what are you doing? You can't yeah. be doing this. This is yeah, crazy. This is re- yeah, 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 yeah. Taking the law into your own hands, this is absurd. Yeah. It's sort of like a Jack Bauer type situation, isn't it, from 24, where... You want to see him torturing the guys. You want to see him chopping off heads and shooting people and all this, like, breaking all the rules. Where in real life, you'd be morally repulsed by all the things Jack Bauer is doing. All the all the American values he's selling, <laughs> selling out the window. So, uh, yeah. But, but, yeah, no, I agree. You definitely want to see Dexter get the guy. Or girl. So he doesn't uh, doesn't kill as many girls, Dexter, does he? Is that brought up in the show? I don't think... I think a very small percentage of serial killers are female. 
one could argue that that means there's a greater percentage of female serial killers getting away with it <laughs> than, than there's the male serial killers that are caught. <laughs> Females are just better at it. Yeah, just be well. Just because there are more black people in prison in America does not mean. Uh, okay, this is a Pandora's box opening. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we're, we're we're editing this out because I think calling saying black people is perhaps in itself offensive. <laughs> Just because racial minorities serve a higher proportion of prison populations does not mean that those people commit more crimes. It, it just means, means that the, white people are better at getting away with them. Yes. Well, <laughs> it means the judicial system is stacked against. All right. And obviously the judicial system is sexist against, uh, against <laughs> men. Yes. <laughs> so are we fans of the show in general? Yeah, I like the show. It's a good show. Probably one of the best dramas on TV. I like the show. I probably I've watched all of the show. I wouldn't yep. w- be watching six seasons of a show. One yeah, would hope exactly uh, that I don't have that much spare time. Yeah, uh, shows that I don't like. So I do like the show. I think it uh, started off pretty high. I think the first season is one of my favorite uh, yeah. seasons of a drama show, and from there it's remained sort of watchable, but. Uh, patchy at times so i was by season six i was wondering how long can this show keep going you know what new directions is it going to take to yeah. sustain this watchable status yeah i think it's a very good show uh for sure and uh, high quality and, and fantastic however however it's probably not one of my favorite shows it's not one of my you know the ones i really look forward to and love with a passion I'm going to point out that uh, Matt's actually wearing glasses. Uh, never worn glasses before in the recording of a podcast. <laughs> and everything you say just seems so much more authoritative. <laughs> I just, well, I just what, feel myself yeah. like agreeing with you. I'm just like, yes, yes. That's what I was Indeed. going for. That's what I was going for. I thought you'd agree with me more if I wore glasses. <laughs> this, was, this was for me. Because the, yeah. people, the people listening to the podcast, they can't see. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe just hoping it would come through. Yes. Yes, that's what I'm hoping. yes, that's what I'm hoping. That's the that's the hope. I wonder what people think about glasses as a fashion statement when you don't actually need glasses. Is that <laughs> is that still in? As a glasses wearer myself, yeah. well, former glasses wearer, I suppose yeah. I'm a, a contact lens wearer now. Uh, I'm offended by it. Yeah. So you feel like uh, how Larry David feels with people who are bald by choice, yeah. <laughs> people who shave their heads so they're bald. Or uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia characters pretending to ha- be uh, disabled in order to get sympathy. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. Perhaps not quite as yeah. bad as that. Yeah. Anyway, um, I feel like we're going to get hate mail for talking about shows less popular than Dexter <laughs> on the podcast. <laughs> Blue going, oh, we, we didn't listen to the Kerber Enthusiasm and It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia podcast for a reason. <laughs> Dexter fans, so elitist. Yeah, yeah, yes. No, no, we love the Dexter fans. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah, so uh, this, I think, brings us to Dexter season six. Now, season six of Dexter, um, I think it would be fair to say, um, delves into religion a little bit. <laughs> I think it is fair to say, seeing as it's the overarching theme for the whole season, yes. <laughs> Um, All the posters are kind of blood angel wings behind Dexter. Yes. The the serial killers this season are uh, religious. Uh, Dexter makes a friend who's religious. Dexter sends his son to a religious school. So quite a lot of religion. <laughs> how, how did you find sort of uh, Dexter delving into religion this season? A pretty charged... Um, a pretty charged and uh, topic that a lot of people are very passionate about religion. I suppose Dexter has always analysed his own actions and there have been sort of tough decisions he's had to make and quandaries that he's been put in. But often they've been from the point of view of protecting himself from getting caught or protecting his family from finding out or yeah. them getting hurt. Mm. This season, when he analyses what's going on, what he's doing, it is from a slightly different perspective, this religious perspective. So I suppose that was a a semi-new sort of interesting angle Mm. uh, for the show to delve into. This uh, 
analysis of light versus dark, which is referenced uh, more than once or twice throughout the season. <laughs> throughout each episode, <laughs> yeah. I would say. I'm not sure what season it was, but Dexter starts using the phrase dark passenger to refer to this mm. addiction or need to kill. Yeah. Well, at a friend's beach house uh, a while ago, we were we were killing time watching a few Dexter episodes, and I suggested we play a drinking game every time Dexter <laughs> says he uses the phrase "dark passenger." You have to do a shot, yeah, uh, and that will get you that will get you uh, relatively into the evening. Yeah, I can't, in good conscience, recommend that drinking game for this yes. season because it will pretty surely end in liver failure. Yes. Dexter can't seem to go five minutes without referring to his dark passenger. And now he starts talking about everyone else's dark passenger yeah. this season. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, everyone else that he's meeting up with is also the dark passenger. Yes. <laughs> oh, my dark passenger, I can't get him out of the car, but this other guy, I might be able to get his dark passenger out of the car. Maybe then he can join my car and then I can have two dark passengers. Like, I don't know. <laughs> Can use the carpool lane. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, dark dark passengers, plenty this season. <laughs> uh, yeah, with the religion angle, I I I I'm someone who is uh, I guess you would call religious. I go to church. I, I'm Christian. I I, I always like uh, to see what shows do when they deal with this topic, and uh, so I was quite intrigued. Uh, they were they were dealing with religion. I think. Since it is quite philosophical and moral, sort of the things Dexter struggles with, it's sort of good that he sort of they've sort of addressed it through a religious framework. So, and it did make things a bit different. That being said, I think they may have laid it on a bit too thick and heavy. Like it really, uh, they weren't going for subtlety with this religious <laughs> angle. Dexter is a show that it likes to pick a theme and then analyze it fairly heavily it's, yeah. it doesn't sort of weave things into the storyline yeah. kind of below the surface it's this is what this is going to be about this is dexter's problem and he is going to be analyzing it this is going to play out through his actions and also just out loud through narration to the yes. audience yes uh, about these issues so i think at times it is heavy-handed hmm. though at the same time i think they do address fairly serious things in a in a reasonably thought-stimulating fashion, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like it was quite, like, hit and miss. Like, quite often I'd find a, a line of narration or chatting or something, oh, that's, that's quite profound and a good point. And then, like, Dexter would just say five more things on top of that. And I'd go, <laughs> okay, I'm a bit, you know, you should have just, would have been better just to have that one point Rather than six points, <laughs> but yeah, yes, you know it's a, it's a Showtime show. They don't have as much commercial breaks. They need to uh, a bit <laughs> longer episodes. <laughs> yeah, in that regards, the show does sort of stray into this perhaps cheesy mm-hmm. mode at times. But I think that's part and parcel of yeah. Dexter. It's a campy show. I in think in some ways. Yeah, I think in order to to balance out the sort of extreme nature of the show, it's like a it's about a serial killer. There's often yeah, you know, he's chasing serial killers which often do very gruesome murders and we see these in fairly graphic yes. visual detail. In order to balance the show out, it seems that they do have to go into this kind of like corny territory. Mm. And sometimes that works, I guess, with a bit of Humor sometimes it lightens, yes. varies the show up. But sometimes when it's supposedly analysing these deep themes, when they do that in a cheesy fashion, you, you, it does lose a little bit of the impact. Yeah, I, I'd agree. Which uh, I think brings us quite nicely to the narration on Dexter. This is a show that is quite heavily narrated by the main character. It the whole series opened with his narration, so you knew what you were getting into when you started <laughs> watching the series. Um, I've got some thoughts on this, Jonathan, but what do you think about how they use the narration on Dexter? Well, I know Robert McKee won't watch the show because of it. Oh. That's not really a fact. I just, <laughs> it's just one of, uh, McKee's, like, golden ten rules. Of <laughs> oh, for adaptation, <laughs> yes. Myself, I find the narration is often not necessary, mm-hmm. but I 
think I've sort of grown to get used to it. I understand it's part of Dexter. You have these sort of methods of, of moving the story along and basically you have the two different types of music that Dexter plays every single episode. You're like, <laughs> here's a bit of transmissional music and here's like the serious music for when something important's going on. And you have Dexter's narration, which I like it how it gives you an insight sort of into Dexter, but a lot of the time it's a bit too obvious. It's not really necessary to move the story along. And along with the narration, you have him talking to an imaginary person. Yes. And I find these to be a little less palatable. (laughs) To the sound of my computer. Matt, just somewhat disinterested in the podcast. (laughs) Just kill a bit of time on Wikipedia while I ramble on, and then you get to talk when it's interesting for you again. (laughs) I'm sorry. But yeah, I feel those scenes are where the show loses a bit of its gritty realism, if you will, and I find it works uh, less so than than the narration. Yeah, um, I quite enjoy, like, uh, it's sometimes a bit corny and stuff, but I I do think that's part of the show, the narration, and and the the conversations with his imaginary friend. Um, So I sort of don't... Like, I think that's a fine part of the show. It's not like if I was writing the show, I'd just go, ah, get rid of this, this is rubbish. <laughs> but I feel like I'm starting to get annoyed by the things Dexter's saying in his narration, and I, I, I just feel like he is saying stuff that is so obvious, like, to the viewer, <laughs> that it's sort of almost like he's now talking down to the viewer. <laughs> like, uh one of the characters this season, Quinn, asked Dexter a question. He goes, do you mind this, Dexter? And Dexter says, no, I don't mind. And then, like, the narration goes, of course I mind. <laughs> like, might as well just have sort of subtitles for what's actually going on. In the- Anytime yeah. anyone in the show uses sarcasm, you've just got to have subtitles to go, not really. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, like, I feel like Michael C. Hall's a pretty good actor, can't he act that? Like, can't he, can't he act? Like, do they really need to put this narration in? Like, sometimes it would be nice if they just had enough confidence in Michael C. Hall to act his confliction rather than have to spell it out. Like, you know, there are episodes of The West Wing where Martin Sheen was in a situation where he was conflicted, right, over what the right decision was. We didn't need the running commentary from Martin Sheen narration in order to get that he was conflicted and what he was weighing up. Or other characters going, I think Martin Sheen is conflicted over this versus yeah, this. Yes. So, I, I don't know. I, I've, this season, I found the narration particularly grating and uh, also the stuff with his imaginary friend a bit grating too. I thought another thing with Dexter is it's a little, uh, getting a little sitcomish. It seems like at least half the episode sort of Dexter just does something. Like, uh, the first episode of this season, Dexter goes to his high school reunion. Yeah. Another episode, Dexter goes to a retirement village. Another episode, Dexter goes on a road trip. You know, it sort of seems like the kind of thing you do to sitcom characters, not necessarily like characters in a drama series. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Dexter goes to a retirement village and gets into all sorts of trouble, like... (laughs) Yeah, I remember you had seen the first episode before I did, and you just said Dexter was going to his high school reunion, and I joked kind of in that voice, you know, what would happen in the episode, and you were like, yeah, that's pretty much what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah. Like Twilight, referring to the That 70s Show playbook yeah. for story ideas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so I don't hate it completely because I think it does keep the show a little lighter, and I think that is something Dexter's had the whole way through its run. It doesn't take itself 100% seriously, uh, which is nice. But I feel like, again, maybe a little over the top. I remember, like, season three or four, I had, like, Dexter joins Neighbourhood Watch. <laughs> just, like, caught up in all sorts of trouble. <laughs> Usually revolves when he, like, when he's on these outings 
he finds out there's someone there that, oh, I want to murder this guy. Yeah. And then, like, that's where the sort of problems are. It's very, it's very formulaic. Like, he goes to this, this location or this place. There's someone there who's a murderer. So he decides he's going to spend his time on the cruise or on the, uh, on the cruise or at the reunion or um, on whatever to murder this guy. And then a lot of things come up that get in the way of him doing that, and it's sort of like uh, sort of almost uh, him and his imaginary friend doing an Abbott and Costello routine of trying <laughs> to kill this guy. <laughs> <laughs> Perhaps they do it a bit too much. Maybe, maybe once a season is sort of a good amount for these sorts of special Dexter episodes. I was a little unsure how to respond to these kinds of episodes because I think the first few are kind of just filler episodes yeah the first three yeah. mm. doesn't really get into the storyline yeah. until after that yeah although i kind of like the lighter moments say at the reunion yeah. when dexter does his uh mc hammer <laughs> shuffle dance <laughs> that's one of the funniest things i've seen that I, was so good i honestly thought i was watching a sitcom at that point <laughs> but i did enjoy it i did enjoy it i thought that was good <laughs> In the episode where he goes on the road trip, I kind of enjoyed Dexter doing some things that were out of character. He was just being a bit out of control, just doing these, like, bad, kind of ridiculous things. Yeah. And it was it was kind of funny to watch, although I really felt it had no place in the middle of the season. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's supposed to be following this story arc of the, of the religious serial killer, and it's like, <laughs> like... Dexter gets up to all kinds of crazy trouble, like, out west. Yeah, <laughs> yes. So there were parts of it. Deborah's like calling him, hey, Dexter, I said you can have the afternoon off. <laughs> it's been four days. <laughs> Do you mind coming home? Yeah, that was very, like, one of Homer Simpson's craziest yeah. schemes. <laughs> yes. So let's talk a little bit about, I guess, the, the serial killer, the, the actual sort of story arc for the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have other serial killers, I guess, to compare it to. We have the, the yeah. Trinity Killer. We have the Ice Truck Killer. The Skinner, everyone's favourite from season three, <laughs> which we, we we had to look this this, the name yeah, we this one up remember or what happened in season three. Yeah, good season. Yeah, yeah. How how did how did that compare as a storyline as a as a serial killer for you? Okay, uh, we're not giving spoilers away at the moment, are we? Uh, no. Okay, okay. We'll talk more in depth about that in the second yeah. half. Yes. Look, these religious serial killers. That was a little interesting. The thing I th- loved with the serial killer this season, the elaborate murder scenes they created. I thought they were really cool. That's yeah, what I liked. They're referred to as the tableaus. The tableaus these and... from Revelation. They were really cool and clever and and quite elaborate, which I liked. That's pretty much what I liked about <laughs> the villains this season. I actually quite liked the, the villains this season. Because I felt there's sort of a a sense of urgency, I suppose, to mm-hmm. catching them. There was an escalating story because they referred to as the the doomsday killers as from Revelations. Mm-hmm. It's kind of leading up to yeah. the end of the world, and yeah. so I kind of felt that they were were going towards something. Mm-hmm. Whereas the other killers, they would kill a few people. It was it would just kind of continue, or maybe they it would just stop and they'd get away and yeah. they wouldn't pay for what they'd done. Whereas with this season, I felt that there was a specific motivation to what they were doing, and I was mm. interested in in yeah. why they were doing it and what it was actually leading up to. Mm. Okay, that's fair. I just found it a little melodramatic, but I guess perhaps a bit hypocritical to like complain about that with Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, in a show that is trying to pit pretty much the ultimate forces of good and evil against each other, you're obviously going to end up with these extremes. It's yeah. going to be yeah. over the top in yes. some ways. Yes. So does that take us to our mini-review? We'll do yeah, let's do, let's go. Okay, so what we'll do... Halfway point. Yeah, we're, we're about at the halfway point. We'll do a score out of 10 for the season, like we do with uh, pretty much all the seasons we review on the show. And then we're going to go into a spoiler section. We'll talk about spoilers. And then at the end of that, we're going to rank all the seasons and yeah. uh, see where this season fits in in the uh, Dexter canon. What would you give this season out of 10, Jonathan? I think this season has kind of maintained that watchable status. I enjoyed watching the show. I watched it all quite quickly because I was relatively intrigued to find out what happened next. I would say if, you're, if you haven't watched Dexter before, probably don't pick it up here. Hmm. 
a few things won't make sense, uh, obviously, yeah. and it's not the best season. Yeah. But I think if you're a fan of the show, if you if you can put up with the quirky, sometimes corny nature of Dexter, and you're still watching the show, I think this show, this season, still provides something new and is just as uh, entertaining to watch as some of the previous previous seasons. So I'm going to give it a seven and a half out of ten. Okay, that sounds uh, like a score. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, this season, Dexter, I um, thought there was some interesting stuff in there, some good things, uh, but ultimately just found bits of it grating and a bit of a slog uh, to get through. Uh, it's still a good show. It, it, you know, I, I'm comparing it to other seasons of Dexter, but that's probably all I'd say. It was a good show this season, not a great show. Um, I'm going to have to give it 6.5. There you go. Yeah. There you go, guys. So now we're going to go into our spoiler section. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Woo! <laughs> I think that's what I did last time. Yeah, we still never got that sound. Of it. There's no button we can push. Yeah. Anyway, we're in Spoiler City now, guys. So if you haven't watched any of Dexter... Or you haven't watched Dexter Season 6, you might want to stop listening now. If you don't care about spoilers... If you don't care about spoilers, then keep listening. Um, If you do, waiting to watch Season 6, do remember to come back to the podcast. Download it onto your iPhone. Download it onto your iPod. So you got it for when you finish watching Dexter Season 6, you can come back to it. Yeah? I think you said the same thing last time. Yeah, I did. (laughs) I think it's good advice. I I don't think... (laughs) I think we could just could have like copied and pasted from the Game of Thrones podcast. I don't think we even specifically said Game of Thrones. We just could have been like spoilers, spoilers, yeah, it's gonna yeah. be spoilers. Remember to come back to it once you've watched the season. Yeah, I think it was good advice to give them. So I, why not give it to yeah, them? Yeah, you're not reneging on your advice from previously. No, stand by it. Yeah, I stand by the advice to listen to our podcast. Okay, so <laughs> should, should we should we now that we're in the spoiler section continue talking about the Doomsday Killers a bit? We can be a bit more specific now. Yeah. I was surprised the Doomsday Killers uh, did not start up a fight club uh, in this season of Dexter. Were you surprised by that? I have no idea what you're talking about. There's a movie called Fight Club. I'm not sure if you've seen it. Yeah, I've seen Fight Club. Well, one of them isn't real. Oh, okay. season long watching these two killers together <laughs> and then it turns out one of them isn't real at the end of the season <laughs> I suppose Fight Club isn't the only person not to it's not even the first time in Dexter it's not like Dexter and Harry are like starting Fight Clubs around the place but we've known from the first time Dexter and Harry have been talking and when Harry's been imaginary we've known that Harry's been imaginary <laughs> They tricked us. <laughs> they, <laughs> like, it was the same thing Fight Club did, where they made you think they were two different characters, and then it ends up being the same character. And the dynamic was a bit more Fight Club-ish. You've got the, you've got the guy who's a bit more timid, a bit more reluctant, and the other guy is pushing him to do the bad things. And it turns out, ah, ah, it was the same guy. <laughs> I think the Fight Club analogy is pretty apt. Yeah, fair enough. I suppose... Even though I liked Fight Club more than this season of Dexter, I think in some ways it's kind of was more cheaply done in Fight Club because they didn't have to work in much else. It was, it was told just really from their perspective. Yeah. And whether that person was there or not, mm. they didn't have to leave as many sort of clues or explain as many things. He was like, he was just there or he wasn't, he was in the guy's mind. Whereas in this, Geller was a real person. So you have all these. Yes, you have like other people that have interacted with him. So I thought it was a more surprising twist, I suppose. Mm. Yeah. I suppose not necessarily better, but when it happened, I was actually like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. I'm going to be honest, I don't really like that twist in Fight Club. (laughs) I don't think Fight Club's a bad film. I think it's like good, and I liked the commentary it made on society and things. But I thought the worst thing about that movie was that twist at the end of it. It was, it was just stupid. Like, you know, it, anyway. Um, so I wasn't wrapped when Dexter did the... Join us next film. week for our anti-Fight Club podcast. I like Fight Club. It's a good movie. I just think people always going on about that twist about how amazing it is and going, 
it was cheap. It was a cheap twist to throw in at the end of the movie. So I was a little disappointed when Dexter did the same thing. I do agree with you that I actually think Dexter did it better because they did have to work more into it. And, um, you know, how the police were viewing Geller, how Dexter was viewing Geller. So I agree that they did it better, but I still didn't like it as a twist. I don't, I don't think that's a great... Ah, that person isn't real. I don't like that as a twist. I think it's like... And I feel like the people who write twists like this, be it Fight Club or Dexter, think it's more clever <laughs> than it is. <laughs> but anyway, um, there's my rant on why I didn't like this. <laughs> and I just... Uh, and I, I did find like their their whole back and forth between the, the, the Colin Hanks, uh, Tom Hanks' brother, and um, Edward James Olmos from Battlestar Galactica. Uh, I did find their whole back and forth thing a bit tiresome. I kind of liked the dynamic between them at first, and then when Travis was trying to leave and Geller just kept on popping up, yes. I was like, what is this? This guy's just <laughs> hanging outside the house, just, like, what? arrives there at the school... One of the most wanted guys in Miami, just popping up everywhere. Yeah. And this was something I found strange in the show. And then when you had, when you found out the twist, I was like, oh, that actually makes okay. sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I suppose that was one of the rewarding things. Yes. Perhaps it's not actually a plus. Perhaps it's just undoing a minus. Yes. <laughs> just That's making sense of an yeah. irritating aspect of yeah. the show. But at least it That's was. Good. It was better than just keeping an irritating <laughs> aspect of the show. Um, yeah, I, I liked their dynamic at first, but then got sick of it when, like, you know, he started running away and stuff like and Geller kept on following him. And I agree, they fixed it a bit, but I still had to sit through those episodes of being a little annoyed, so. One thing that came out of that, although I didn't pick the twist, see that coming. No, I didn't see that coming either. You knew the sister was going to get it. From the moment you were introduced to the sister, yeah, you know, she's going to be... yes one of the victims. Yeah. Knowing that, did you like how it played out anyway, or did you just think, well, I knew, knew that was going to happen? With the, the, the sister got murdered? Yeah. Like, yeah, it was fine. <laughs> I didn't find it that riveting, but it was fine. Even though I knew it was coming, because I, the the tableaus, the, the murder scenes were so yes. graphic, and it's just such a, quite a visceral name, the Whore of Babylon. Yeah. I did actually kind of feel for Travis when it happened. Oh, yeah, 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 I did too. And at that point, we didn't know Travis had been the one who killed her. Yeah. But I can't say that was, like, a highlight of the season for me. Like, it was something that happened. I thought they did it well. I didn't think it was amazing. I guess this is a, this is a problem for Dexter, where they have to ride this line between putting in things that we don't see coming. For example, Edward. Gella being dead yeah. on, and uh, uh, Rita dying... Yeah. But then I was responding to just go, well, that's a cheap twist. They just threw that in there. I didn't see it coming, but like- it was easy. It wasn't clever. And then when we do see something coming, you're like, well, that's not entertaining because I saw it coming. <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> I think the reader twist was a good one. I, I think that was nice. Um, I, the, the Geller thing I thought was good. Like, oh, he's dead. Been dead the whole time. That's interesting, but a bit lame. It is so much cheaper to kill Rita. They didn't have to pull in anything clever at all. They could just go, yeah, Rita's dead. And they wouldn't have had to do any more work to feature that into the show. But it's not like Rita had been dead for, like, half the season and Dexter had been hanging out with her all season. And they like, oh, by the way, she got murdered ten episodes ago. We just didn't tell you that. Like, obviously it's more clever to write the Geller one than the Rita one. The Rita one just put something at the end of the season. But I think it worked better... And I was more enjoyed that twist. Well, enjoyed is probably not the best word to use for a twist of one of the better characters in the show getting murdered. But I found that one flow more for the series and and lead to things and stuff more than this one, which I just found a bit irritating. I suppose I didn't really care for it because I didn't really like Rita. I liked her initially. I thought it was quite good how she was sort of... Frail and yes. Dexter was kind of this. I loved. I loved Rita in season one. She was perhaps my favourite character on the show, and I don't think they knew what to do with her after season one. Yeah, I mean Dexter was such a good father to her kids. And yeah, she was constantly complaining. Where are you going? What are you doing? And just like get off his case, man. Like when did you become such a ball buster? Yeah, 
And then I think it's not like I want, it's not like she deserved to die for that. But when no. she died, I was just like, eh. he he did cheat on her in season two, which probably didn't help like <laughs> her trust of him. I was always looking forward to the scene where Rita finds out that Dexter was a serial killer. Uh, so I was a little bit annoyed we never got that because I think that would have been quite an interesting scene. Yeah, one thing about Dexter is that. It seems as the show goes on, because at the start of the show, it's all about Dexter can't get caught. If you're a serial killer, under no circumstances can you get caught, because you'll, you'll get killed or you go to jail, there'll be the worst thing that can happen. Then by season three, like pretty much every second person in the show is finding out yeah. who Dexter really is. Yeah. But none of them are of really any consequence. The only yeah. people that would actually be interesting to see Dexter get caught by, I suppose, would be Rita, yeah. Deborah. Maybe the kids. Like, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Like, the people are actually close to Dexter that are going to have... And the kids aren't going to be that interesting. An investment. (laughs) Well, that might make, like, getting tucked in at night a bit... Scary. Scarier. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it might make one good scene, but not really... Like, yeah, but yeah, Rita and Deb are the two that are really going to, um... Going to ruffle some feathers. And I'm I'm disappointed we never got to see that scene with Rita. But anyway, we've gone off topic a bit. So let's talk about some of the other characters that yes. get some stories this season. We have uh, Most Deaf. Yeah, playing credited Bro just Sam. as Most. And the he's dropped the deaf. Oh. He's undergone some surgery, got his hearing back. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, just Most. Oh. Yeah, who knows? Anyway, he's playing Brother Sam, who becomes uh, Dex's religious friend. Yes, which is interesting because I think. He's a former murderer or something that's out of jail, and Dexter thinks he's up to no good, so I'll get close to this guy and then murder him. He can be my next thing. And then, actually turns out to be quite a nice guy, this brother Sam. (laughs) He's actually not murdering or doing anything bad anymore. He's actually trying to help people out and do a lot of charity work, and he's, you know, religious and goes to, you know, like um, like he's a stand-up citizen, and Dexter becomes pretty good friends with him. I actually liked him as a character in his own right. I, I yeah. thought his performance was good. Yes. Uh, I thought he gave some some good speeches and he was an interesting guy. I actually wanted to find out more about his story than his influence on Dexter's story. I thought that was yeah. felt a little contrived, this religious influence yes. on Dexter. It's like, here are the things that I'm battling with this season, so I'm going to get a new friend that's going to have an input on that. Yeah. So, as an addition to the show, I'm not sure where I stand on Brother Sam. I liked him. I thought it was good that Dexter can, like, uh, we've seen a lot of seasons where Dexter has one of these friends that, like, uh, like seems like a good person and then, like, just rips out Dexter's heart or, like, what, like just ends up being a murderer or some crazy person. It was nice just for him to have a good friend who just was a good friend and a nice guy who didn't end up being a murderer. <laughs> like I think that was I quite enjoyed that because that was different I think it's probably through Brother Sam that we probably got a good like some good commentary on religion and how that might impact Dexter like actually like because obviously Geller not that he was real but Geller was a crazy guy uh, Colin Hanks was a bit interesting uh, how he used you know Dexter had that good line to him at the end saying um uh, God wasn't using you, you were using God, which I thought that was a good bit of commentary. Perhaps followed by arguably the worst line of the season. Yes. I'm a father, the son, and a serial killer. Doing the... Uh... Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I definitely... Um, that was the moment that was most in my mind when I thought you can have a good line in Dexter... And then about five bad lines after it. Sort of like, uh, I remember when he said that, you use God, he didn't use you. And I thought, oh, that's a good line. And then Dexter just kept on talking. Like, <laughs> you know, God God didn't decide to kill you, I did. Yeah, a bit of a bit of Messiah complex there, there Dexter. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, I thought with the element of having the religious serial killers, you needed a... A, a good religious person in the season. Otherwise, it looks like you're just very anti-religion. So I think that's most deaf filled that role. 
a little bit of the token good Christian so we don't look anti-religious. And it was pretty token. Yeah. So quickly you got killed <laughs> Yeah, off. you got killed about halfway through the season. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so Bro- Brother Sam I thought was good and had some good commentary. And I, I just like seeing a good friend for Dexter that was actually a good friend and there wasn't some big ulterior motive or anything. So, and look, he, he put it out there right at the end and gave Dexter the challenge of, you know, you don't, you know, you don't have to be a serial killer. You don't have to be dark you can be light and i think dexter for about half an episode thought that <laughs> brother sam might be on the <laughs> doesn't it seem that on dexter that like it seems like at least every season there's a moment where dexter thinks maybe i can be good a good person and not murder people and and get rid of that dark passenger but you know it's not going to happen because otherwise there's no show. <laughs> so it's very short-lived. <laughs> just takes a obnoxious, arrogant, young Hispanic man to just go, that's it, I'm back to killing. Yeah. I'm going to drown you, bitch. Yeah, yeah. We've got, um... Because, yeah, season two he went to sort of, like, Murderers Anonymous groups. <laughs> um, I think season three... Oh, no, no, no. The end of season four, right before Rita died, he thought he could sort of was over it with Trinity, I think, and then she was dead, and it was like, I'm back, baby. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, anyway. So he's talking about... Now, there's another brother this season in Dexter. Not just brother Sam, but Dexter's actual biological brother, who he killed at the end of season one, he popped up. How many imaginary friends do you think Dexter's going to go through? I don't so know. I'll just bring, like, John Lithgow back. He's go, oh, you didn't get your Emmy last time. We'll give you a... He did, he did get the Emmy. He did get the Emmy. Jimmy Smiths didn't get the Emmy. Maybe they'll bring Jimmy Smiths back. Well, we'll bring you back, get yeah. you another Emmy with a with a guest spot as yeah. Dexter's imaginary yeah. friend for the episode. Well, actually, uh, Jimmy Smiths and John Lithgow both submitted themselves and guessed the first time they were on the show. Seems like, uh... Yeah, he just guest appeared in 10 of the 12 episodes. <laughs> I think John Lithgow was in all 12. Yeah. <laughs> and probably had the second most screen time of any character on the show. <laughs> and probably gave Dexter a good run for his money. But anyway, um... The, uh, yeah, so Dexter... Dexter uh, well, I was saying I wanted that scene with Rita. I might get it. <laughs> it's her to be Dexter's new imaginary friend. <laughs> Um, yeah, so we've got, we've got Dexter's brother popped in. This was, uh, brother Sam gave Dexter the challenge. He said, hey, you don't have to be a dark guy. <laughs> that good? You don't have to be, you don't have to be evil. You can be good. Dexter thinks, oh yeah, I'll do it. Then that annoying Hispanic guy comes, Dexter murders him. And then Dexter's brother rocks up and goes, hey, nice to see you again, brother. <laughs> and then Dexter goes on the road trip. With his brother, how did you find? How did you find the it's whole? Very jukes of hazard. Yeah, how did you find Dexter and his brother like on the road trip and sort of the return of his brother, who was the ice truck killer? In some ways, I found it interesting. It was kind of funny just seeing Dexter just doing stupid stuff like shooting out his car and like banging that random <laughs> at the gas station. It was funny, but I was like, what is this doing? And just as the, the story is starting to, like, pick up momentum with yeah. the actual sort of serial killer case for the season, they just have this completely different episode. Yeah. I found it really weird, and I didn't like it. Firstly, <laughs> <laughs> That's just the funniest way to describe it. Yeah. It sounds like you're describing, like, your first gay experience... You're like, I don't know, it was kind of weird, I didn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't think you should do that again. Yeah. Well, firstly, um, (laughs) like, like he tried to murder Deb. Like, I feel like Dexter got on too well with him. (laughs) (laughs) Seemed like his brother's like, hey, try try using that door. And just, oh, cool, yeah, let's do it. Like, so, like, they were... Buddies, like all of a sudden, like it was kind of like a bad buddy comedy. Like these two, yeah. like <laughs> these two, like brother serial killers, out to like cause mayhem out west. Yeah, which is what I didn't quite like get. Like how Dexter got on so well with his imaginary brother. Yeah, I guess that was my problem with it. It just seemed really silly. 
And all the bad things Zex has done since he killed his brother and his brother's never returned either. Like Filler episode. Yeah, filler episode. <laughs> weird. Yeah. Did not like it. And then what Speaking of silly characters. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I've never been a fan of Batista on the show. I feel like he's He's the guy with the be... hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the bad facial hair and the silly hat. Yeah. <laughs> He 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 uh, he must have got a memo one day saying every day was wear a silly hat to work today. <laughs> <laughs> and a bad a bowling shirt. He sort of got a, a bit of a, a Charlie Sheen from Two and a Half Men <laughs> look going with a silly hat and a beard. <laughs> I think he's supposed to be sort of one of the moral characters in the show. Yeah. I think you're supposed to think he's one of the good guys. He's supposed Other to than like him. season two when he was like sleeping with some hooker. But anyway. But I've always just found him a bit lame. Like, whenever he He's argues not a cool for guy. this... Yeah. Whenever he argues for this cause, it's never in a witty or just strong fashion. It's kind of like, oh, you guys aren't doing what you're supposed to, and, oh, guys, listen to me, I'm Batista. Yeah. In but- this season, I was kind of glad to see him paired up with Quinn, because yeah. I was just, you know, I'm so over the travesty that was, like, him and LaGuerta. It's like, get that off Dexter, please. <laughs> Him and Quinn, I was again straying into this, like, cheesy territory. Yeah. <laughs> but they were such a weird couple. Like, the episode where they get high. For no reason whatsoever. They yeah. just drive to the middle of nowhere. Oh, something cancer, whatever. Oh, we'll just kill some time smoking weed. Yeah. Like, just had no place yeah. in the show whatsoever. But I kind of liked it. I kind yeah. of liked just how uh, much of a wreck Quinn was this season. Yeah. I, I like the bit where, um... Quinn is uh, drinking with one of the, like, witnesses or people of interest <laughs> in the case, trying to trying to get some action, trying to get some, trying to get a lay. And, <laughs> and Batista's just like, hey, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> He's like, hey, man. Hey. <laughs> So you can be, you can get with any other any other chick in the bar. And he's like, yeah, but I've already spent eight bucks on this one. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was such a dropkick this season. But everything was so fun. Like, when Batista gets upset at him over that, uh, he's like, oh, partners. And he's like, don't play the partner card. And he's like, of course I'm going to play the partner card. Why wouldn't I play the partner <laughs> yeah. card? This is what the partner card is for. Yeah. Like, it was so comical. But yeah, I actually liked it. I think, I think Quinn... When he was serious last season, I didn't really care for it. Mm. Whereas him just playing this this wreck, this dropkick yeah. this season, yeah, perhaps didn't really make it a better show, but at least provided some entertainment. Who would make the best sitcom duo, right? Uh, <laughs> if they were going to spin off sitcom, <laughs> Dexter and his brother, <laughs> Quinn and Batista, or uh, Geller and Colin Hanks. <laughs> That's a very dark sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know. Probably Quinn and Batista. Yeah. Yeah. I'd probably watch that. Yeah. <laughs> I'd probably watch all three. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon any of them would be better than Dexter? <laughs> Possibly. Probably all three. <laughs> It's like probably all three. It sounds like a bit of a Dexter. You know? <laughs> but yeah, like, um, I don't know, like Quinn Batista getting up to all these hijinks. Dexter. <laughs> if Dexter and uh, his brother are in a sitcom, how often, like, uh, do you reckon sort of um, the Dexter's brother trying to murder Dexter's sister would come up? Like, sort of, Dexter's brother finishes all the cereal and looks a bit guilty, and Dexter, like, goes in and goes, Hey, you didn't murder my sister again, did you? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'd watch that. Yeah. (laughs) That probably brings us to the the final major storyline of the season. The intern. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Did I say the final unresolved storyline of the season? What were they doing not resolving that? So, um, who's that little pervert that works there? Uh, Mizuga. Mizuga. Yeah, Mizuga. Mizuga. <laughs> gets an intern. She steals the ice truck killer arm and then sells it on eBay. Yeah. Only for the person to buy it to be the next intern he gets. Yeah. 
Who then mails it to Dexter? And we never find out about that. They Just too many trips to Nebraska to fit in, like, completing that storyline. And it does not seem like anywhere near as interesting enough storyline to have a two-season arc for. <laughs> so I'm really hoping that they answer that within the first two minutes of the new season. <laughs> and then we don't have to ever think about that again. <laughs> I think I'm starting to see a bit of a trend here. Because I actually liked Lewis when he, he joined yes. the show. I thought he was oh, yeah, no, I, I, the I liked the fine. things he yeah. Yeah. Uh, was able to do uh, yeah. at yeah, the yeah, station yeah, yeah. for them. But there, he's still a bit of a comic relief character. Then when we figure out he's supposed to have this kind of actually ongoing story relating to Dexter with a prosthetic can, I was like, yeah, I'm not sure if I'm interested interest in this. Not really sure if I care where it's going. I'm not sure why you didn't resolve it. Uh, pretty sure Dexter's better at doing comedy at yeah. this point yeah. than they are at drama. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I think that was perhaps the reason why I liked this, this season yeah. more than most, is because I... <laughs> for some reason, I find the the comic relief uh, moments of Dexter... Yeah. I suppose I did like the actual... I suppose I did like And to be fair, things. a lot of their comic relief is intentional. They are trying to keep it light. It's not like Twilight where it's meant to all be serious and we're laughing for half the movie. <laughs> yes. So, but let's talk about the actual main, uh, the thing I think you were alluding to, which is uh, Deb and Dexter. Some big developments here. Yeah, so the whole season you have more of a... More discussion of the relationship between Deb and Dexter. Are they spending enough time together? Are they close, sharing this and that? And Deborah starts seeing a shrink. Yep. And she's, she becomes her boss, so that changes the dynamic a little. Yeah. And I didn't find it that interesting, but I thought it was okay to keep the show going. I yeah. thought it would probably lead somewhere at the end of the season. Oh, and boy, did it lead somewhere. It does in two ways. Yes. <laughs> the first way is... Deb apparently realises that she has romantic feelings for Dexter. After some pretty heavy prompting from her psychiatrist. I'm not yeah. sure if this is a great psychiatrist. She's going, hey, do you ever think you might be in love with your brother? Yeah. And then she comes back and says, um, I think I'm in love with my brother. And the psychiatrist goes, okay, what are we going to do about this? <laughs> so like she's meddling a bit. <laughs> yeah, so she falls in love with Dexter. Now, a lot of people cried, incest, this is gross, this is stupid, I don't like this storyline. Can we get Ron Howard in to point out that they are not <laughs> biological brothers and sisters? <laughs> <laughs> so we, we know it's been done before. Yeah. This storyline can be done well. Yes. Uh, arrested Development. Arrested development. Yeah. My problem with it was not so much that it was incest and that was no. gross because yeah, no. first of all I suppose they're not they are not blood related and it came up in Game of Thrones and I thought that was kind of an interesting yes. storyline there yeah. here I just didn't believe it we've had six seasons of these two characters interacting I feel like I know them well enough that this would have come through before yes. and it's not it's not something that I, could, I believed and even if I could believe it, it's not something I'd root for. Yeah. I do not want to see Deb and Dexter together. No. I don't think they make a good couple. Yeah. That is not the the role that I want to uh, to see them in. Yes. I think this is the writers just trying to push the boundaries, find new places for the the show to go. And also I find it a little sadistic on their part, forcing, what's her name, Jennifer Carpenter... Yes. To be <laughs> making these, like, lovey eyes and having dreams about and kissing her ex-husband, Michael C. Hall. Yes. Yeah, they divorced in 2010, <laughs> so it's still a bit fresh. Yeah. <laughs> um, bit of a sore spot. Yeah. The ride's having a bit of fun here, obviously. <laughs> hey, uh, they got divorced. Should we, uh... Make them do it on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like she's not a popular uh, person on set. Yeah. Or it makes no sense for the show to go this direction, yeah. but obviously the writers have enough beef with Jennifer Carpenter. Well, 
Probably Michael C. Hall as well, right? <laughs> I guess it depends where they take it. <laughs> maybe maybe they'll have him reject her. Like, <laughs> just, <laughs> just, give, just give Michael C. Hall a chance to just go on this rant that yeah. is too, too polite to do in real life. Yeah. But in this show, just get like, you sick, you stupid, I hate you, I want to have nothing to do with you, I'm yeah. so glad I'll never see you again. Yeah, and then he murders her or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, what well, 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 leads us to the other big twist, I think these might come together a bit, that um, she actually sees him murder Colin Hanks at the end of the season. So, yeah, as we said before, Dexter keeps on getting caught or found out by these, yeah. you know, anyone and everyone... But really, the two main people we thought would be interesting for him to get found out by were Rita and Deb. Yeah. So of the two developments with Deb, this is far the more interesting one Yeah. for me. She goes to the church, I think, to profess her love to Dexter. I think she probably knows he's there. She was the one who asked him to go there. Um, and she catches him murdering Colin Hanks. So now she knows too much. Dexter will probably murder her. You reckon? And Probably. Then, what a great, what a great, like, well, the writers really hate Jennifer <laughs> Carpenter. Have her, have her ex-husband literally kill her, which also writes her off the show. <laughs> so, okay, you're out of a job. You've had to, like, pretend to be in love with your ex-husband and then sit there as he, like, uh, stabs you. <laughs> yeah. We'll see how much the writers hate Jennifer Carpenter next season. Do you reckon, do you reckon uh, take the whole history out, like, of the actors? Do you reckon, yeah. do you reckon Dexter would, uh, would go out with his sister? I don't think he would. I just his, don't think he sees her in that way. Yeah, his libido did seem pretty high uh, this season. <laughs> do you reckon he'd just tap it? Like... <laughs> <laughs> Having sex with a girl in the gas station, getting a blowjob at his high school reunion. Like, clearly, the next step is his sister. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying new things. <laughs> he may have been watching some Game of Thrones. <laughs> no, I probably agree with you. I don't think he would go there. I think this was a good place. Not the the relationship. No, but the getting caught. Yeah, uh, development was a good place for the show to go because I suppose. Really, Dexter, he can just keep on doing what he's doing, finding people, killing them, getting away with it. Yeah. I don't feel like the show's just going to end. No. Like that. Then there's Dexter turning against it and yeah. stopping being a serial killer. Yes. And mm. Chilling out with Harrison. Yeah. Could be an option, but we're going to have to be presented with something pretty interesting to make that happen. Yeah, happen. yeah. Obviously, three and a half episodes of Brother Sam is not enough. Yes. And then the other is getting caught, and I suppose that becomes, like, a lot more mm. tricky. Yes. I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's probably more than three directions for the show to go, but of general things, yeah. I now, think that now was the best. Now watch something completely different. <laughs> yeah, no, season. if you do that, I'd be like, oh, no, I knew that was coming. Yeah. There's no good Dexter. Yeah. And if I didn't see it coming, it was cheap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but of those three, I think it was the best. Uh, for the show to go. For him to get caught, yeah. Um, it's going to be interesting. Um, Dexter also saw Deborah see him, so we know that he knows she knows. So set the set the board all, all up for next season. Uh, and he said when he saw her, oh, God, to, to end on a religious... <laughs> it's just in case we didn't pick up the seasons on religion. Then I, I don't actually have a problem with that being the last line. I think that's probably that fits quite well. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, how do you think Deborah is going to react to this revelation? Not well. I don't think her romantic feelings will override her confusion, betrayal, um, disgust at what Dexter is doing. Might turn her on. Because <laughs> like sort of feeling a danger. Well, she's supposed to have turned the corner, finally stop going for the bad boys and go for the safe, loving, protective Dexter. And to find out that that's based on just the opposite of what Dexter really is. Yeah, like, I think, you know, maybe some girls would be turned on by going out with a serial killer. Um, Bella from Twilight. Yeah, (laughs) yes. But, um, perhaps 
the fact that she's known him for so long and the feeling she'll be feeling betrayed and lied to will probably be bigger, bigger concerns than, oh man, that was hot. <laughs> Deborah is relatively unstable at the best of times. Yes. Dexter is sort of the only stable, safe connection that she has yeah. to the world. And with that gone, I feel like things aren't going to be uh, too rosy for Deb. No. Or Dexter, probably. Mm. Mm. She'll go, now I know what you were doing in Nebraska. <laughs> Killing people. <laughs> Does she report it? Maybe next season, Deb becomes Dexter, and Dexter is the serial killer. Yes. So it's kind of more from Deb's perspective, trying to hunt down Dexter. Oh, be interesting. Or we could find out that actually... Deb isn't a real person. <laughs> She's been dead for the whole series of Dexter. She just Ryan been... killed her. Yeah. Like he always wanted to. Yeah. Dexter's just been imagining her all these years. <laughs> There'd perhaps be a few plot holes if that was where they went with it. <laughs> oh, it we're not very far away from Dexter waking up and it being all a dream. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Well, maybe or he's every... just playing one of Lewis's video games. <laughs> That'd be a very good video game. It's all a video game, wouldn't it? All the relationships and very complex. So, should we quickly rank the seasons? I think we've uh, sufficiently reviewed season yeah. six of Dexter. Um... And I feel like after listening to that spoiler discussion. I think the writers of Dexter will be pretty happy they got a 7.5 and a 6.5 from us. <laughs> so, I feel, yeah. There are a lot of problems with the show, but for yeah. some reason, if you can keep going with it, they just kind of become a part of Dexter. And I was able to put up with more of them than not. And look, I, I like making fun of things in shows that I don't like, but this is one of the better shows on TV. Like, you know, this is a show... I've come back to it for a sixth season. I'll be watching the next season. It's it's a good show. It's much better than just, um, I don't know, Bottle Empire. So... <laughs> <laughs> so let's rank the seasons and actually say um, where this season fits in the, uh, a, whole, uh, a whole seasons. Do you want to kick us off with this or do you want me to? Well, clearly season one is the best season for me. Mm-hmm. Then I'm going to say... Season four. You know, I might go this season. Okay. These seasons are all very close. So, even you, you say there's a drop-off after four? Basically, it's, yeah, maybe season one is a nine, season four is an eight, and pretty much all the other seasons are about seven out of ten. Yeah. But, you know, we're, we're, I'm forcing, to, we're forcing myself to do a ranking. I'll go... One, four, six, five, three, two. Okay. That's that's a rank. <laughs> um So condescending of my uh, contribution. Well I don't want to give away where I'm going with it. Okay. Okay, so my rank, without a shadow of a doubt, number one, season four, with John Lithgow. He did he was so good, he brought so much to the series, the whole Trinity killer thing and Dexter's relationship with him was was outstanding. Great season final. Yeah. Closely followed by season one. I think it set up everything brilliantly. It had the great ice truck killer. Really good. I agree after those two, it is a bit hard to split them up. I do agree with you there. Gonna have to say, the next one I would put is season three. I thought it was quite interesting. Jimmy Smith's on the show and Dexter's relationship with him. They also had the Skinner (laughs) killer. (laughs) Then I'd probably go season five. I thought season five, um, that was sort of the motivational speaker thing, actually, I think got quite interesting by the end and quite exciting. Then I would put season two next. Because I think it was interesting that Dexter was the serial killer they were trying to hunt down. And I think um, it ended quite excitingly, although I hated the middle of that season. And season six, this recent one I'm putting at the bottom. Look, actually, no, I'm swapping it. I'm swapping it. I hated the middle of season two too much. (laughs) Um, Second last six, this most recent one. 
Then season two, there we go. So I guess our biggest difference is I preferred season three to you and you preferred season six to me. You're always disappointed by the, the most recent season. We watched <laughs> Curb, least favourite season of Fort <laughs> least favourite season of Fort Death. Dexter, one of the worst seasons of Dexter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's, that's a Dexter podcast, a bit of an epic one, but um, you're welcome. <laughs> so, get it on your iTunes and then you can uh, listen to it in the car with your dark passengers. <laughs> Let us know your thoughts yes. on, the, uh, on the Facebook page. We'd be interested to hear that. Also, next week, uh, I hear we might be doing the much-anticipated Return of Jafar podcast. Is that true? I think all the fans of the Screen Verdict podcast have been, have been waiting for the Return of Jafar podcast... Long enough. Yeah. There's uh, there's only so many requests we can yeah. knock back in, in favour of uh, average shows like Dexter yes. to do podcasts on. So it could be coming yeah. in the near future. I'm so excited. So uh, <laughs> if it's not next week, I think it could be coming up pretty soon. So get ready, guys. It's going to be a good one. Merry Christmas, everyone. Or Festivus or whatever else. You You're so politically correct. People like Christmas. Just say happy Christmas. Just stop imposing your religious views. I'm not imposing my religious views on people. Why just go kill people and set up tableaus in the middle of the city. I'm going to be so one-minded I'm trying it. to be festive. I'm trying to be... Uh, I'm trying to be... I'm trying to Christmas be... killings. I get it. I get it. <laughs> See you guys. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs>